It is a new year, and I am excited that we turn the page on a new year. But, you know, somebody said something the other day that really got me thinking, and that was, it's not just a new year, it's a new decade. I, I didn't put much thought into that until they said that out loud, and I thought, whoa, that's right. <laughs> this is pretty crazy. Um, but I'm, I'm filled with hope when I look towards a new year, um, because I know that I'm older I'm wiser now. I'm better looking than I've ever been. Uh, you know, as I go into, <laughs> um, seriously though, our lives in a new year, uh, we need to just have a, uh, an understanding that the course that we're on is not automatic. And really that's been on my heart for the last several weeks, developing a new series of messages um, that I'm going to start by sharing one today with you, um, because I really think that all of us need navigational help. Have you ever tried to use your GPS and it led you wrong? Anybody? Right? Okay. And you're like, there's a road in front of me and you're telling me it's not there or whatever, you know, and we've gotten turned around. I remember the office episode. If you've ever seen that, that's hilarious where they're following the GPS and he just trusts the GPS so much so that he drives off of the road into the lake because that's what it told him to do. Um, And so, but we need navigational help. We need it in our lives, in our daily life. We need it in our spiritual life. We need it at our jobs. We need it in our careers. We need navigational help. So today we're starting a new series of messages called Stay the Course. And um, what, I, what I really had on my heart was to cover four categories, but it'll be a, a little bit longer than four weeks. And we'll cover some things like personally, spiritually staying the course, Uh, We'll talk about helping our children stay the course, and we'll talk about the church staying the course. Um, We'll have some themes that we talk about throughout, which really keep going back to discipline and perseverance. Um, If you've ever persevered through something to end up at the finish line and gotten that good result or the reward that you were hoping for, you know the power of perseverance. But I think at the start of a brand new year, we have the opportunity to be just kind of calibrating our mind on those things. The first step is to make sure that you're on the right course to begin with. So if we say stay the course... We have to make sure that we're on the right course to begin with. And so when I, when I mention that at the front of this message, what I'm really getting at is your spiritual course, your personal spiritual course. Look at what Matthew chapter 7 says, verses 13 through 15. I'm going to read from a different translation, just this passage today. I, I like this translation, and if you are a student of the Bible and you like to check out other versions and see how they're worded, I'm going to tell you the ERV is the easy-to-read version. I suggest it for teenagers and young people. It was actually written for the deaf. So they put it into very simple sentences so they could translate it very easily into sign language. And I just love how it says this. And Jesus' words here, he says, you can enter true life only through the narrow gate. The gate to hell is very wide and there is plenty of room on the road that leads there. Many people go that way. But the gate that opens the way to true life is narrow, and the road that leads there is hard to follow. Only a few people find it. 
And then he continues and says, be careful of false prophets. They come to you and look gentle like sheep, but they are really dangerous like wolves. He's giving them this encouragement that the road ahead is narrow and hard if it involves faith in him and following him. And so I want to challenge you today, if you're here and you've not yet made that choice, the start of 2020 is the best ever, the best day ever to make the choice to get on the right spiritual path. In fact, when Jesus was talking with Thomas, one of his disciples in John chapter 14, he says this verse six, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the father except through me. So there are many people in this world today that actually believe, falsely believe, that all roads lead to heaven. That is not true according to God's word. That is not true according to him. There are two spiritual choices and destinations in this life. And so we, if we say, well, pastor, why are you shouting at me? I've already made the right choice. Listen, God has tasked you with encouraging others to make sure they get on the right path as well. So at the end of the message today, I'm going to give you an opportunity to choose that right path. But I know the majority of us here are on the right path when we're talking about spiritually and we've set our course correctly, but life gets in the way and we fail. How many of you have ever failed at doing something? Okay, that's a hundred percent of us. We get sidetracked and we get off course, as it were, in different areas of our life. And that's really why I want to share these messages with you. Throughout the series, we're talking about stay the course and the graphic has a compass and some waves talking about kind of charting your path and going that direction. But we'll use different illustrations that involve running or driving or sailing, whatever it may be, in order to help us really drive home the point that once we get on the course that God wants for us, we need to persevere, push through, and keep headed towards that uh, destination. So... Today I want to talk about a dirty word, a dirty word at the beginning of a brand new year that nobody really likes to talk about, and that word is discipline. It's not really a dirty word, but we treat it like that. Discipline is a good thing. We get our English word discipline from the Latin word, I'm not even going to try to say it, discipulus, discipulus, okay, okay. The Latin word for pupil or student. So I want you to think through this. What does a student do? A student learns. A student has to apply the instruction that's given to them. If you are thinking of discipline in terms of maybe somebody in the military, they have to discipline their body to be able to continue on. You think of an athlete, they have to discipline their body. You think of those things, that's what we're getting at. Really simply, it means to bring under control. That's what discipline is. So if you want to discipline your sleep habits, you need to set a timer so you go to bed on time. If you want to discipline your eating habits, you need portion control. So all of those different things come into play in our regular life, but we're talking about our spiritual journey today as well. So I really think that many believers, unfortunately, are lacking in discipline. The world at large is lacking in discipline. 
Kids don't have discipline. Parents haven't taught discipline or helped them learn how to be disciplined in their behavior. So there are many, many challenges all around us. But really, discipline means bring under control. And we all need discipline. In fact, I would be so bold as to say, I think all of us need more discipline. <laughs> right? Uh, it's, it's not comfortable to talk about, but there's a good result if we choose this path. So whether you need it to achieve a goal that you've set for yourself, whether you need discipline uh, in order to save money in 2020, because that's what you've chosen to do, whether it's to lose weight or to give more or to serve more or to quit something or to start something, you've got to have discipline in whatever area of your life that you're seeking change or progress, I really think that there are three things that work together in what I call agents of discipline. And that's the title of the message today. I want to tell you the three things um, that will help you in disciplining yourself. How many of you set a New Year's resolution? Just raise your hand. Okay, a couple of you. That's great. Awesome. Uh, I looked it up uh, this week. The, the most common things uh, involving resolutions are losing weight, saving money, stopping bad habits. So like maybe it falls into that category. I think all of us should make a New Year's resolution of a spiritual nature. I think you should think about your spiritual journey and your life. And maybe this, maybe today even, make a choice and say, this year I am going to read the Bible regularly. This year I am going to start serving in the church. This year I am going to make something where you are making that spiritual choice to stay the course. So the three agents of discipline we're going to talk about today. The first is you. So I was thinking about this, and I'll, I'll go ahead and give you a sneak peek. Okay, here's the three points for today, but I got like 30 other things to say. The three points are this. You are an agent of discipline. God's word is an agent of discipline. And the Holy Spirit is an agent of discipline. And I originally, when I wrote the message, I originally had God's word, the Holy Spirit, and you. And I thought, you know, it all starts, though, with you. It really does. Because I think, and I'll probably say this again later, but I think we all look for something quick to fix. We look for a magic potion, a pill we can swallow, a this, a that. And we think that we can just find that solution somewhere else. But really, it all begins with you. Now, I don't want to sound like this is some sort of self-help guru uh, talk today. But I do want to help you think according to God's word about your responsibility in making choices because the first agent of discipline is really you. God created each one of us as a free agent of choice. We have to remember that. And many times we end up choosing an easier path um, just because I think we're impatient because maybe we haven't seen the result that we wished for as soon as we wanted to. But I want to encourage you this year to be consistent. If you're hoping to see progress and change in your life, in your finances, in your marriage, on your job, in your church, in any of those areas, you have to make some new choices and you've got to stick with them. You can't just decide today that today I'm going to do this and then hope that everything is different tomorrow. There's got to be this consistent course correction where you start heading in the right path or in the right way. 
Look at what 1 Corinthians chapter 9 says. Paul knew all about this in disciplining himself. Look at what he says. It says, Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one receives the prize? So run that you may obtain it. Every athlete exercises self-control in all things. They do it to receive a perishable wreath, but we an imperishable. Now he's moving into spiritual things. Verse 26, he says, So I do not run aimlessly. I do not box as one beating the air, but I discipline my body and keep it under control, lest after preaching to others, I myself should be disqualified. Paul is attributing or associating this with those who are athletes who have a strict bedtime, a strict workout regimen, a strict eating habit, all of those things. And he's saying we should be that way when it comes to the spiritual sense of our lives. He was essentially saying this, that the struggle is real and that it is, it takes hard work to see progress, but you are the first agent of change. You have to consistently engage yourself in the change. Here's something that's really important for you to understand. Desired change is intentional. It is not accidental. Sure, we can look at the beach and see that the waves have eroded some of the beach and we can see change happens. There's a system in place and waves wash some of the sand away and it seems sort of automatic. That's not how your life is. If you want the actual change to occur, and I've tried to make sure that in my message, I just give you some suggestions for change because I don't know what change you need to make, but I know you do with the Holy Spirit's help, know what change you need to make. And in order to get there, you've got to have some intentionality. It's not going to happen just by accident. Here's the second agent of discipline for a believer. It's God's word. The beginning of a new year is the start. I'm sure there are probably hundreds of thousands of new downloads for the Bible apps that are found in... uh, you know, in the app stores for your phones. I'm sure there are people who received, I'm sure there are thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands who received a Bible that was engraved or something from their family member for Christmas. There's this spiritual sense that starts to kind of just stir up at the end of a year that says, okay, I gotta, I gotta start doing this better when it comes to the new year. And really what I want you to get today is that God's word is an agent of discipline in your life and you're missing out if you're not reading it regularly. So Psalm 119 verse 105 says this, the psalmist writes, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. So God spoke through chosen men over hundreds of years of time in order to put together an incredible resource. I would say the best resource on the planet Earth. And shamefully, many of us don't take advantage of it. We skip days. We, we think less and less about it as we get further and further away. And that'll be something that we talk about throughout this series. If you want to stay the course, you actually intentionally have to make the choice regularly to keep on that new path. You cannot just say, okay, today's the day I'm going to choose it and go in that direction because we all choose to go the easy route. 
And the easy route would be to sleep in and not read God's word. The easy route would be to sleep in and not show up in church on Sunday. That We don't want the easy route. We want the good route. Amen? Amen. So the psalmist knew that God's word could light his path. And I want to remind you of that today. And really, I want to ask you this. This isn't to browbeat you, but I want you to be thinking about what is it that prevented you in 2019 from reading God's word regularly. If you read it regularly, don't put the shoe on. But if the shoe fits, think about that challenge of what really is it that prevented me from that? Is it that I desire sleep? Maybe I should change some of my habits and not stay up so late watching Netflix so that I can feel rested the next morning and get up so I can read God's word. Whatever it might be, you need to make that change for yourself. I want to give you some practical advice. It's like 20 points here, okay? Get ready, get ready, okay? Start small and grow from there. You're never going to read the Bible through in a year if you can't read a chapter in a day. And you're never going to get to a chapter a day if you don't start with a small passage. So start, if don't make some gigantic goal that's unattainable and really far-fetched. Start this week and say, you know what? doesn't matter that it's no longer January 1st. It's January 5th, but I'm making that choice. And tomorrow I'm going to read a small passage. I'm going to think about that. And then I'm going to pray a simple prayer and say, Holy Spirit, help me understand this. Teach me what I need to know from this passage. I think a lot of people are living in fear because they're like, what if I play Russian roulette and do the little finger point thing and I end up in the place where all the genealogies are? I'm not going to get anything out of that. That's what the fear is. But you got to start small and just grow from there. The next is this. Sign up for a verse of the day email. You say, Pastor, this is super practical because you're not going to get this anywhere else. I'm going to tell you like it is. Something that could help you is when you open up your email and you still see your bill is due, you see, you know, the advertisement for the company that you like, and you see the stuff from your manager or your, the owner of your company, whatever. When you do that, then you've got God's word highlighted somewhere in your day and you can just take a moment, meditate on it, think about it. Some of y'all need to write these down, okay? The next one is use a devotional book. Uh, I think ladies are better at this than guys are because they like to write their thoughts down and stuff like that. And (laughs) we're not so keen on doing that kind of stuff. But you don't have to do something like that. You don't have to have a journal thing. You don't have to write a three-page entry after you've read your devotion about everything that you've thought. But here's the thing. If you do use a devotional book, Don't be like I have been in the past and just read the devotion part and then not open up God's word to the passage. Right? I'm just trying to be straight with you because we'll see. It says like Mark 2 says blah, blah, blah. And then you just read the person's words. But what you really need is God's word inside of you. The next is get somebody to read it with you. 
this may seem stupid or simple. Maybe I should use that instead of stupid, but get somebody to read it with you. No matter how much material you're reading, even if it's just, I'm going to read a verse a day this week, and then next week I'm going to read a passage a day. Whatever it is that you're going to build up to, read it with someone. When I was teaching at Clinton Christian Academy and teaching Bible there, I challenged my students. In fact, you'd probably be ashamed, but I think there's a reward in heaven for me because I offered a cash prize for those who read the Bible and actually studied and learned it. In fact, I had student contests and I still do periodically with them to say, hey, let's read the book of John this month. Whoever gets there first has to pay the other one $5. Like, okay, judge me if you want to, but they got God's word inside of them. And cash is a good motivator, right? Yeah, some of the older people are saying yes too, not just for teenagers, okay? So read, get somebody to read with you. Here's the next one. Use an audio version of the Bible. There are so many resources that you have in a free nation to access God's word. Remind yourself of those and listen to them. My favorite, his name is Max, um, not Licato, Max McLean. And Max McLean is British, and the way he reads the Bible, it's like, I really think God is British, just based on all this, I'm sorry, (laughs) on the movies, I didn't want to get too sidetracked. But the way that he reads it, the intonation and stuff, it's just beautiful as I listen to him read through Psalms and all that. So listen to an audio Bible in the car, at the gym, on the drive to, to work, or at the grocery store. People are walking around distracted, listening to stuff. Distract yourself by listening to the good stuff. Listen to God's word. The next is use a Bible app. I put the title of a Bible app on the screen in case you don't know. There's an amazing one called YouVersion. It's got 30-something languages present inside of the app where you can select in any language. It's got different versions where you can read the NIV, the NKV, the NKJV, all those things. So use a Bible app. And here's the deal. Don't hide it on, off of your home screen. Put it, put it on the bottom where the phone and the messages and the email is. You've got a fourth spot. Put God's word in that spot. I'm just trying to be practical with you. Some of us need this reminder. The next is focus on one book for a month. And don't let it be Deuteronomy. Okay? Focus on one book. You can pick something small. It can be Galatians, Ephesians, something in the New Testament, or Esther, or something in the Old Testament. And read it through in a week. And then the next week, read it through again. And the next week, read it through again. There's no, you don't get a demerit or a detention if you read the same passage. So let God's word fill you and do it one book at a time for a month. I'm really proud. Some of you know um, Amy Burden. Uh, Amy and Eric used to be part of our church, but they relocated. I was so proud of her and sent her a message this week because she posted on Facebook and finished her goal. She said for the second time in her life, she was able to read the Bible completely through in a year, and she finished. And I was so proud. That's amazing. What God, because God's word is a light to your feet and a light to your path. So you never know. I mean, the verses that I memorized as a kid in Sunday school sometimes pop up in the middle of my day when I'm facing something else just simply because God wants to light my path. 
So focus on one book if you need to. The other is this. Join a small group that studies the Bible. Towards the end of this month, we'll be letting you know the details about our next small group that'll lead us up until, you know, the summer break kind of thing. And when we do that, we encourage you to, to jump in and join in. Studying God's word with other people is helpful, especially if you have stuff where you have questions and you're like, what does this even mean? The next is search the Bible to address an issue in your life. Um, teenagers have tended to be better at this than others. Uh, they're like, what does the Bible say about tattoos? What does the Bible say about blah, blah, blah? My mama said, da, 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 da. And they want to search it out because they want to find that little powerful nugget. Here's the deal. If you're struggling with anger, then do a word search on Google or you version of anger in the Bible. And you'll read some stories about people who had an anger in the Bible and how they either overcame it or how it overcame them and how you can avoid the pitfall. So search out the Bible to address the issue. No, you're not going to know where every passage is. I'm a pastor for the last 20 years. I don't know where every passage is and every reference. So I've got to search it out myself. Ask for help. This is the next one. When the Bible is confusing or hard to understand. One of my favorite text messages that I ever get is from people in the body of Christ who say, Hey, pastor, I was reading Zechariah chapter two. What in the world does this mean? That's my favorite because that means that you're trying to develop. So, so much so, and you might think this is weird, uh, but my cell phone number is 601 601- <laughs> Three nine seven eight three seven seven. Text a pastor. It's like phone a friend on who wants to be a millionaire. Text a pastor and ask. And I, and I, if I don't know the answer, I will find it out for you or give you a good start in the right direction. You've got to ask for help. Okay, so that was all the points under read the Bible, get to know God's word. Here's the third and the last one. The Holy Spirit is the third agent of discipline. I said it earlier, but we really do all secretly desire, maybe even outwardly desire, magic potions or quick fixes or something with an immediate result in, in it. But those don't exist. They really don't. Um, I work in a company where they're all about wellness for your body, your physical wellness, your skin care, all those things. And people are doing something crazy. They're actually drinking collagen. You guys, some of the ladies would know collagen is a beauty product you apply to your skin. But people are doing stupid stuff to try to get themselves to look better, feel better. There's no quick fix to the age on your face. There's no quick fix to the weight in your belly. There's no quick fix to the lack of money in your bank account. You've got to work on these things. But the third agent of change, I really do believe he's been given as a gift to you to help you live the life that God wants you to live. He is not a thing. He is a person. He is the Holy Spirit. And in fact, I really believe that the fruit of his presence and his influence in our lives is unmistakable. When the Holy Spirit is helping me, you know it. 
(laughs) Because you know it when he's not helping me. (laughs) The fruit of his presence in your life is evident to those around you. And the lack of it is evident as well. But the Holy Spirit, I'm convinced, is your helper because Jesus actually called him that. But I want to read to you Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. Paul is writing to the church and he tells them that the fruit of the Spirit, you've probably all seen this verse before. Look at what the list is. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. That, that list is something that a lot of us are lacking, gentleness and self-control. The Holy Spirit can help myself control myself. I've heard the Holy Spirit speak to me, not audibly in like some crazy shaking the earth and the heaven kind of thing, but I've felt the tug of the Holy Spirit speak to me in dealing with someone and I've stopped myself from saying something and I've been thankful that I listened. There have been times where I've regretted not listening to him and I just went full on straight ahead and then I live to regret it and try to repair it. But man, the Holy Spirit is, he wants to help you. So go back to that list in Galatians 5. If you're lacking love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, if you're lacking these things, the Holy Spirit wants to help you. And the second part of the, or the first part of the next verse, gentleness and self-control, he wants to help you with these things. So you say, Pastor, can the Holy Spirit help me with my New Year's resolution? Yes. Can he, can he help me clean up my life in whatever issue I'm dealing with? Yes. Can he help me have wisdom to be able to save money so that I can buy that house or do that thing or go on? Yes. God, through the Holy Spirit, can help you. He can help you if you struggle with anger and resentment. He can help you if you struggle with overeating. I believe he can help you if you struggle with sexual temptations. He can help you if you want to save money. If you want to be a better witness for Christ in your world, the Holy Spirit is the agent of discipline who can help you, but you've got to let him. Jesus actually called him the helper. Look at John chapter 14, verse 26. And as I read this, if the worship team would come and join me. We always, at the end of our service, give you an opportunity to just kind of connect with the Lord, with the the last song, and just think through how can you apply this to your lives. Look at what it says here as Jesus is sharing in John chapter 14. He says, but the helper, capital H, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. The Holy Spirit is the greatest gift that remains unopened in the life of many believers. I don't know what your background is. I don't know what your church life and spiritual background is. I know that some people have been freaked out because they've heard of people who are Pentecostals and dance around and show off in the flesh and 
don't really have the love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, and all that stuff. I don't know what your experience has been, but I'm here to tell you the only one who would ever want you confused about the Holy Spirit is the enemy of the Holy Spirit. So maybe 2020 is the year that you dig into God's word and find out more details about this helper who can help you. Maybe it's that you take a moment today at the close of the message and you say, Holy Spirit, haven't really been totally comfortable talking to you, even knowing much about you, but I'm opening myself up to you. And God, if you've got something good for me, don't hold it back, give it to me. Just a simple prayer like that, opening yourself up to what God wants to do. Maybe it's a choice about God's word that you need to make today at the start of a brand new year to help you stay the course, to help you stay the course in whatever area of your life, God's word can benefit you and help you. Or maybe it's just the internal struggle that you say, you know, pastor, I'm my own worst enemy when it comes to this. And my spiritual direction is a little bit off course. My personal direction, my, my children, my finance, my job, my whatever. I just kind of feel like I'm out of control. I need God's help. He's here to help you today. So I want you to stand with me. I want to ask you a very clear question from the beginning of the message. If you are not on the right spiritual course, today is the day to make the change and to get on the right spiritual course. The Bible tells us that all we have to do is to admit that we are a sinner, that we need to believe that he is our savior. We need to accept his love and then live our life accordingly. It's so simple. So if you would, would you close your eyes with me today? I just want to ask you if there's anybody here, anybody here who you say, I want to start 2020 right. And I want to give my life, my heart to God today. Would you just slip up your hand? If there's anybody here, praise God. We want to pray for you. Thank you for those that raised your hand. I want us to pray now as a group of believers, those who are believers here. I want you to spend a quiet moment with the Lord as they begin to lead this song. I want you to actually pray. Would you look at me real quick? Just look up at me real quick. I know it might not be super comfortable and you might not have all the right words, but I'm telling you there's power in you speaking out a prayer audibly. You don't have to shout. You know, God help me deal with, don't, you don't have to do that. But I want you to move your lips and let your heart rise to the surface through the words you say when you whisper a prayer and say, God, I'm dedicating it all to you this year. Holy Spirit, I need you now more than ever before. God, I'm committing to read your word and I want you to know that just that simple sort of prayer is what I desire for you to be able to do today, to make a choice, to make a choice to stay the course because God truly does have amazing and wonderful things ahead of us, each one of us, if we stay the course. Heavenly Father, I pray today that as we have this last worship song and as we make these decisions, as your spirit has spoken to each one of us and challenged us, no matter what our resolution has been, 
for other things, I pray that each one of us would make a spiritual resolution today with the help of these three agents of discipline. Lord, help us to not be our own worst enemy. Lord, help us today to make the commitment to read your word. And Father, help us today to accept the gift, the greatest gift outside of Jesus, the Holy Spirit, who wants to help us. Lord, we thank you for it.